Hey there, Danielle. Hope you're staying dry and cozy with that light rain in Atlanta this morning. And it looks like the weather will be a bit gloomy today with overcast clouds by the evening. But hey, it's Saturday, a perfect day to catch up on the news. Absolutely, Steve. And we've got some interesting stories to delve into today. First up, the U.S. Supreme Court is currently weighing in on the legality of bump stocks, devices that make semi-automatic weapons fire rapidly. This appeal by President Biden's administration follows a lower court siding with a Texas gun shop owner against the ban established after the tragic 2017 Las Vegas shooting. I'm Steve Onsker, here with Jonathan Martin, and you're listening to Danielle's News from PocketPod News. In other legal news, federal prosecutors are eyeing a summer trial for former President Donald Trump over classified documents. But Trump's defense wants to push it back until after next year's election, a move that could significantly impact his 2024 presidential campaign. And from the realm of science and evolution, researchers have made a groundbreaking discovery about our ancient ape ancestors. They've identified a genetic mutation responsible for the loss of tails around 20 to 25 million years ago, a feature distinguishing us and other apes from our tailed monkey relatives. Such diverse topics today, from courtroom dramas affecting national politics to evolutionary mysteries unlocking secrets of our past. Definitely makes you think about where we come from and where we're headed as a society. Stay with us. We've got all these stories lined up for you. This message is brought to you by Pocket Pod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to pocketpod.app to join the waitlist. The U.S. Supreme Court is in the spotlight again, this time over gun control. That's right. They're deliberating on the legality of a ban on bump stocks. These devices can make semi-automatic weapons fire at a rate similar to machine guns, and they became a major talking point after the tragic Las Vegas shooting in 2017. It's a complex issue involving technical definitions and interpretations of decades-old laws, and it pits Michael Cargill, a gun shop owner and advocate for gun rights, against the Biden administration. And with justices divided, it really highlights the broader debates we're having over firearms regulation in America. It's not just about bump stocks, but how we regulate firearms to prevent violence while respecting constitutional rights. To dive deeper into this case and its implications, PocketPod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory joins us now. Jessica, this isn't just about a piece of equipment. It's about how we interpret laws in changing times. Absolutely, Jonathan. This case really brings to the forefront the challenge of interpreting long-standing laws in the context of modern technologies. The bump stock ban initiated after the tragic Las Vegas shooting in 2017 symbolizes a pivotal moment in America's ongoing debate over gun control. When these devices enabled a semi-automatic rifle to fire shots in rapid succession, it resulted in 58 deaths. The Trump administration's response was to enforce a ban on bump stocks in 2019, a move that Michael Cargill, a gun shop owner and staunch gun rights advocate, legally challenged. So what exactly is the Supreme Court grappling with here? The crux of the Supreme Court's deliberation lies in whether bump stocks can be legally classified under the law that bans machine guns. This law, stemming from the National Firearms Act of 1934, didn't anticipate technologies like bump stocks. The justices seem to be wrestling with technical aspects, specifically how bump stocks operate and if this operation aligns them more with traditional firearms or machine guns under federal law. 
It's a nuanced discussion that not only questions the functionality of these devices, but also dives into legislative intent and language that dates back nearly a century. And how are both sides presenting their arguments? On one side, you have the Biden administration appealing for a broad interpretation that would encompass devices like bump stocks under existing machine gun legislation. They argue this is consistent with efforts to curb firearms violence while adhering to legislative intent. Conversely, Cargill's legal team is pushing for a narrow interpretation focused on the internal mechanics of firearms as defined by law, suggesting that bump stocks do not inherently convert semi-automatic weapons into machine guns. The justices themselves have shown skepticism towards both arguments during proceedings, highlighting uncertainties around applying an old law to newer technological advancements. Justice Neil Gorsuch mentioned concerns regarding potential implications for gun owners? Yes, he did. Justice Gorsuch raised an important point about the broader implications of this ruling for Americans who own bump stocks. He expressed concern over making possibly hundreds of thousands of individuals federal felons overnight due to an administrative interpretation by the ATF. That's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. This underscores not just legal, but also social and ethical considerations surrounding firearm regulations and ownership rights. So what could be the broader impact of this Supreme Court decision? The decision could set significant precedents for future firearm policy and regulation in America. It's not just about bump stocks, but how we interpret laws concerning rapidly evolving technologies related to firearms. A ruling in favor or against could influence legislative actions and debates on gun control measures across states. More broadly, it encapsulates tensions surrounding individual rights versus collective safety efforts aimed at preventing gun violence, a debate that continues to polarize opinions across America. It sounds like there's much at stake here beyond just legal definitions. Absolutely. This case represents a critical juncture in American jurisprudence on firearms regulation amid evolving technologies and societal norms regarding gun ownership and usage. Thank you for those insights, Jessica Mallory. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. The courtroom is now another battleground ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Right. At the heart of this battle is former President Donald Trump and a high-stakes debate over when his trial should take place. Federal prosecutors are pushing for a summer trial related to charges of hoarding classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate. But Trump's defense team is aiming for a later date, much after the election. They're suggesting August 12th for jury selection, which could significantly impact the 2024 race where Trump is seen as a leading Republican contender. This isn't just about scheduling, as PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup will tell us. Don, there's more than just the timing at play here, isn't there? Absolutely, Steve. At the heart of the debate over the scheduling of Donald Trump's trial related to classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago estate lies a confluence of legal, political, and public perception issues. Federal prosecutors are pushing for a July 8th trial date, while Trump's defense is angling for a postponement until after the 2024 election, suggesting August 12th for jury selection. This isn't merely a logistical tussle. It's fundamentally about how this trial could shape Trump's future political ambitions and influence the presidential race. Could you dive deeper into why each side is advocating for their preferred timing? Certainly. Prosecutors likely aim for a summer trial to ensure that the charges are addressed promptly reflecting the seriousness with which they view the allegations against Trump. 
The defense's request to postpone the trial until after the election, however, suggests a strategic move to minimize potential negative impacts on Trump's campaign for re-election. It's clear both sides are acutely aware of how closely intertwined this legal battle is with political considerations. Speaking of charges, can you outline what Donald Trump is facing in Florida? In Florida alone, Donald Trump has been charged with 40 felony counts related to his alleged retention of classified documents after leaving office and obstructing government efforts to recover them. This case is just one part of four criminal prosecutions against him this year, highlighting an array of serious allegations that touch on national security and compliance with government demands. There's also talk of Supreme Court involvement? Yes, that's another pivotal development. The Supreme Court announced it would hear arguments in late April concerning whether a former president is immune from prosecution. This specifically affects another federal case charging Trump with scheming to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. It adds another layer of complexity and legal precedent setting potential to Trump's ongoing legal battles. How might all this affect the upcoming presidential election? The timing and outcomes of these trials could significantly sway public perception and voting behavior in 2024. With these high-profile cases potentially unresolved as Americans go to vote, significant accusations against a leading presidential candidate will hang in balance, leaving voters questioning and possibly influencing their decisions at the polls. And there's also some contention over witness disclosure. Indeed, a dispute has emerged between prosecutors and Judge Aileen Cannon regarding whether potential witness names should be publicly disclosed by the defense ahead of time. This contention underscores broader debates about balancing witness privacy with public interest and ensuring transparency in such high-stakes legal proceedings. It seems like these legal proceedings against Donald Trump present quite complex considerations regarding timing, public perception, and strategy as he faces serious charges amidst other significant challenges. Exactly right, Steve. These developments aren't merely legal hurdles. They're intricately linked with political ambitions and broader discussions about justice and accountability for high-ranking officials, a multifaceted saga that we'll continue monitoring closely. That was PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. The story of human evolution takes another fascinating turn with a recent discovery. Indeed, it's about one of the most defining features of our ancestors, something that separates us from many other primates, the loss of the tail. This change happened around 20 million to 25 million years ago. And now researchers have identified a crucial genetic mutation responsible for this significant evolutionary step. PocketPod News science correspondent Joel Matthews joins us to dive deeper into this discovery and what it means for understanding our own evolution. Joel? That's right, Jonathan. The journey to understanding why our ancient ape ancestors lost their tails takes us back some 20 million to 25 million years. This period marks a significant shift in the evolutionary history of primates, where we see a divergence from our tailed monkey relatives. It's an aspect of human evolution that has intrigued scientists since Darwin's time, reflecting a deep curiosity about the nuances of how we came to be. Fascinating. So what have recent studies shown us about this genetic change? A groundbreaking study led by Boshia and his team utilized CRISPR technology, a tool for editing genes, to identify a mutation in a key gene related to tail development. By experimenting on mice, they were able to replicate this ancestral genetic alteration, providing concrete evidence of the mutation that likely led our ape ancestors to lose their tails. 
This research not only bridges gaps in our understanding, but also showcases the power of modern genetic tools in unraveling historical biological mysteries. Incredible use of technology there, but why lose the tail in the first place? Do we have any theories on the advantages this might have provided? Theories abound regarding the evolutionary benefits of being tailless. One compelling idea is that losing the tail may have been pivotal for the development of bipedalism, walking on two legs, as it allowed for a more upright posture. However, it's important to note that these advantages remain speculative. While we can hypothesize about improved mobility or adaptations to changing environments as potential benefits— Pinpointing an exact reason remains challenging without being able to observe these changes as they happened. So it's still largely up for debate. How did being tailless impact our ancestors' movement and adaptation to their habitat? Rick Potts offers insight into how taillessness might have facilitated different forms of locomotion and habitat adaptation among apes. For instance, apes like orangutans and gibbons demonstrate remarkable ability to navigate arboreal environments despite lacking tails, a stark contrast to their tailed monkey counterparts who use their tails for balance among tree branches. This suggests that losing tails could have contributed significantly to how some apes moved through and interacted with their surroundings. That must make determining the exact causes for tail loss quite difficult then? Absolutely, Jonathan. While identifying genetic mutations presents a leap forward in understanding this aspect of our evolution, interpreting what these changes meant for survival and ecological adaptation is complex. As Itayanai points out, while genetics can tell us when and how certain changes occurred, deciphering their impact on survival strategies or ecological niches relies heavily on speculation and theoretical models. It sounds like there's still much more left to explore in this area of human evolution. Indeed there is. The research opens up new avenues for investigating not just why we lost our tails, but also how such significant evolutionary steps influence broader aspects of human anatomy and behavior over millions of years. Thanks for shedding light on this intriguing topic today. My pleasure, Jonathan. Always fascinating diving into humanity's evolutionary story with you. And that's Danielle's news for Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Danielle. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.